I heard about two months ago uh, when when things started to you know travel restrictions began and things like that that people were saying, well, what are you going to do and how are you going to what do you you know there there's this whole there's this whole new market out there and I thought well that's kind of weird we we're already doing it right right and there wasn't <laughs> much to do except really that now people have I think people have discovered what's possible in mm. online learning mm-hmm. and they're finding out it actually is pretty amazing. Hello, and welcome to the homeschool planning period. This episode, we had the opportunity to interview two very special guests, Dennis DeNoah, the creator of MrDMath.com, and Steve Heimler from HeimlersHistory.com. Guys, this was huge. You may not have heard of these awesome teachers before, but they are literally homeschool celebrities. This is Tamu. And this is Kim with tips, tools, and tricks while quarantine teaching in 2020. It was such an honor to interview Dennis and Steve for this episode. Um, It's funny how you go into a situation with one thought or belief and then you leave and you have this paradigm shift. Well, that's what happened to us after this interview. We Mm -hmm. really appreciate these gentlemen's candidness and um, just their stories. So let's hear their startup stories. So I, I actually got started in education in 1988. So I'm kind of an old timer in, in education, but I was a public school teacher and I left the public school system in 2005. And in 2008, I really felt called and found myself in a place where it was time to do what I'd always wanted to do, which was create and make my own curriculum. And it took me uh, a little while to figure out how to do that. But once I figured out how to record videos, I started recording in 2010. And it took about the about four years to record classes, but uh, for, for the courses. But as that time was happening, we were also doing the programs in co-ops and meeting students face to face. When the project was over and the courses were written, the next thing there was to do was to figure out how can I get more students that are outside of my local market, which was in the Tampa Bay area in Florida. And the idea of being online became possible. Well, we've been online now for about the last seven years. Now I'm 100% online and I'm able to travel and kind of, you know, I'm a, I always tell people when I go through the airport, they're like, why do you have all those laptops? And I said, well, I'm <laughs> like a classroom in a box. So here we go. Right. right. Yeah, yeah. You always have to be ready. Have to be Absolutely. ready. <laughs> well, you were on the, the front edge, um, front end of that, right? On the online classes. Like you mm-hmm. were definitely on the front end of that. Yes. And, and, and I can, I have many, many stories of what not to do. <laughs> For me, I, uh, I, I went into education uh, by sort of a circuitous route. I, um, I had gone to school and then to graduate school in order to be a pastor and did that for five years or so, and then um, for various reasons, uh, it you know it wasn't working out, and the the church we planted was struggling, and um, and so somebody uh, I needed help paying the bills, and somebody said, hey, there's this opening at a uh, little school that I'm teaching at. Do you want to come teach Bible? And I'm like, sure, yeah, I'll go do that. And then in the interview, come to find out that in order to teach Bible, I'd also have to teach history. Um, <laughs> And uh, so I said, uh, (laughs) 
Okay, sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll figure it out. Um, I've always been, you know, pretty motivated and self-learner. So I, I jumped right in and learned everything I possibly could. I feel like I got a college degree in my basement uh, <laughs> reading that I did and trying to figure out how to do this. And um, one of the first courses I taught was AP U.S. History. And uh, and as, as I kept going, um, came to realize that I was – uh, d despite my many other flaws, I, I was actually helping these kids um, learn that they were not only capable of historical thinking, but valuable and, um, and that I cared for them. And that, that meant an awful lot to me. So, hmm. so then um, be because the school was a, um, was a homeschool hybrid, I only saw them one day a week. And if you talk to any public teacher school or any five day a week teacher and say, Oh yeah, I teach an AP class in one day a week. They look at you, you know, like a dog hearing a whistle. Like that—that's not. It doesn't compute. How how in the world are you supposed to do that? And right, yeah. uh, that's when I started realizing, okay, I can't, I can't spend my class time lecturing. Like there's too much, too many skills that I have to teach. Uh, even the lecturing was my favorite thing to do. So I started recording videos, uh, and because my hard drive was so small. Uh, I just, I had to put them somewhere. So I started uploading them to YouTube and, uh, and w with the intention of creating some online content for my students. And so it was all very serendipitous and accidental. Um, <laughs> but, uh, those videos started gaining some traction on YouTube and, uh, and it's been, it's been quite a ride since then. Yeah. I always tell my students like it, there, we have this cultural, understand or the assumption that life moves in a straight line and yeah you start you know very early in the dark wood of error and by a straight line you arrive in the celestial city and it's like that that is maybe that's how it works for some people that but that's not how it's worked for me i've yeah. i've been in the dark wood any number of times and circled around and yet throughout all of it i've i've convinced that i've been led Life is not a straight line. I, I love this. Their stories are so encouraging. Both Mr. D and Mr. Heimler felt led and were already doing this before the COVID-19 crisis. They were both very intentionally supporting their students online and God set them up for a time such as this. So where online instruction is the major tool now for students during the crisis. Yeah. It's pretty amazing that they're, they just are already doing what they're supposed to be doing and, and are, are doing it well. So I thought it was an amazing, awesome story to share actually with their students. Right. I mean, I remember meeting Dennis at a homeschool convention um, five years ago. I was searching for help for um, Lainey in geometry and Mr. D's math came in clutch. Um, she also mm -hmm. has taken a summer readiness class before she did pre-calc. Uh, Joshua has taken classes, and right now both Joshua and Daniel are taking classes this summer. Daniel's in pre-algebra, and Joshua is taking a study skills class. Uh, we love Mr. D, <laughs> and I've told many of my friends about him. Yes, so I'm, I'm one of those friends. <laughs> so when I was looking around for a class for Julian, um, you know, Tamu suggested Mr. D and I enrolled him very quickly in geometry. We loved it, you know, had a great experience. And so this summer, Julian is actually taking an ACT prep course. It's a six week course. 
and he logs in, he has a live session with a teacher that, you know, has several students in kind of the room um, for an hour. They talk about different, uh, you know, concepts and go over different tests. And there are corresponding help videos that go along with it. So I'm real happy. That's I love awesome. it. Um, so and now Mr. D actually offers way more than just math. <laughs> he does. But what about Heimler's history? I mean, Steve accidentally blew up on the Internet, uh, and he mm -hmm. is hilarious. <laughs> Let's play a few seconds from one of our favorite videos from Steve. Everybody's saying you should not cheat on this year's AP World History, U.S. History, whatever AP exam. And I'm here to tell you that I very much think you should cheat, and here are a few reasons. Reason number one, the College Board has spent a lot of money on anti-cheating software. And if you don't cheat, they're not going to be able to use that. It'll be a total waste of money. Number two, they said that if they do catch you, they will report your name to College Admissions Board. And that's a great thing, because with cheating on your record, they probably will not admit you into that college. And you are going to save a ton of money on tuition. Listen, man, Steve is fantastic. In fact, both of these guys, they've just mastered the art of connecting online with their students. And um, their students will continue to benefit as these gentlemen continue to produce such excellent content. And I, I will say I had, you know, two of my sons had um, Mr. Heimler for different, you know, AP classes. I know Laney's had him. Mm -hmm. So we, yeah, we love Mr. Mr. Heimler <laughs> and Mr. D. Just love them both. We had one student that he, um, and, and specifically coming back to the summer programs, he was going into his, uh, I think he was going into his junior year, and he had not done any high school math yet. And so mm -hmm. he, did our, he did our course in the summer. He did another course with us during his junior year. He did the next course in the summer between his junior year and senior year, and then he completed his next course in his senior year. And he did four years of math in two years yeah. and he worked and worked and, mm. and, and I didn't know this about this student, but he made a video and he made this whole video about his experience and what happened to him. And he talked about some learning challenges he had. And when he found our program, here's what happened. And so, and now he's in college and that was a future mm. that wasn't going to happen for him. So in doing research for this episode, ran across a wall street journal article from May 7th, 2020, says that students from third to eighth grade typically lose 15 to 30% of the gains made in math mm -hmm. and five to 15% in reading during the summer. Mm -hmm. And this is according to NWEA, which is a nonprofit educational services firm. And it is believed as the same NWEA has said that in April, they are projecting that those losses could worsen because of the school closures. We, we're going to rebuke that. That's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> right? Exactly. So we're looking at the summer and talking about how we can enrich some of the learning. So let's listen to how you can get some help um, with Mr. D. Close the gap. That's right. We've actually been doing a summer program for a few years now, and I think one of the things that we find is, especially if somebody's making a transition into online learning, uh, doing an online program over the summer is a kind of a way to test the waters and <laughs> test drive what it looks like and how it works. And, uh, and, we, and we find that oftentimes with our students in our math courses where, you know, they have a chance to come in and they get to see what being in a live class is like and they get to see what it's like to interact with a teacher online and, you know, and be part of a class setting 
where it's online and it, it gives them a, a, a place of feeling safe. But also once the school year starts, it gives them a place of feeling like, hey, I know what I'm doing. And so they're not coming in at the beginning of the year when they, they feel kind of uncomfortable or awkward. It's like, no, no, I'm, I'm a pro at this. And, and it's great for them. Uh, and then the other, the other piece of that is that, especially in math, and I'm, I'm sure, um, I'm sure uh, Steve and history as well will probably agree that, you know, when we are, when we are not focusing on a particular content area, sometimes we can, we can lose a little ground or forget some things. And so it's just mm -hmm. a great time to just keep things fresh. And, and, and for sometimes for students, it's a great time just to, maybe there was something that was missing and this is a chance to pick up something that was missing. Uh, so I think there's so many different ways that people can benefit from doing a summer program and doing it online. Summer can also be a time for resting and recovery from intense structured learning. So when you hear Mr. Hyman's response, you may feel the way we did. There is so much discovery of different fields of interest that can be done over the summer. I've always been um a big fan of resting during summer however um <laughs> uh you know from both for me and my students um but you know i i definitely see advantages uh and and some good things to come out of taking courses over the summer um you know if you particularly for driven students who want to be you know, up on what they're doing and even get ahead like that, that could be a great advantage. Um, but on the other hand, you know, I would love it. Well, we've had this, you know, very strange uh, last two months. Um, mm -hmm. And I think uh, because many people's courses were interrupted uh, and they weren't able to finish in, an, in the normal way that they would have, that they began, um, it might be pretty refreshing to, um, depending on how their grades worked out or how um, the course worked out, to to take that course again from beginning to end uh, in, in a controlled environment uh, that can't be affected by a pandemic. Um, but on the other hand, you know, I I love the idea of um, like if kids were going to devote time to something like this and they they did they were current on everything that they needed to do um what what makes you what makes your heart beat fast and go learn about that yeah. uh, you know i mean if if your parents say well you, you gotta you gotta do something um <laughs> but it's it's up to you what it is just let me know and we'll we'll make sure you can do it um I mean, gosh, what a what a great opportunity that would be, and, yeah. you know. I, I I know there's probably I'm thinking about myself here, and if somebody said to me, "Hey, what do you want to learn about?" I mean, I I could rattle off a list of twenty things right sure. now, but then there's other people who are like, "Yeah, I don't know, I don't, I have no idea." But you know, like my son, who's 11, is now in the middle of all this, deciding that he loves to bake, uh, oh. he loves to cook. Mm. Uh, and so, you know, we're trying to facilitate that for him over the summer and like, how, how can we surely, uh, we haven't found anything yet, but surely there's somebody out there who's made some kind of course, um, for that sort of thing. So, yeah, so, young people. yeah, for sure. For sure. So, so to me, I, I say yet yeah, both and, um, uh, if, if there's no activities this summer, it could get really bleak with no, uh, binding schedule. So it might be nice to have something to do 
uh, right. each day. Um, but yeah, I'd love to to see kids really wrestle with the question, what what does make my heart beat fast and, right. and devote that time to it. So figuring out what topics excite your students can also be used to sneak in some learning. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and even while you're getting them ready for the next school year, parents and students have the ability to just Google, you know, on the internet and find something, right? Um, find find a, a great class that, like you said, makes that makes their their heart race and gets them excited. Yeah. In my mind, I would love my kids to have this overall understanding of history and have the the um, you know if they're going to investigate the Renaissance, you know, they already have in mind paintings and music yeah. that kind of go along with that time period. Um, you know, so as a, you know, I'm I'm kind of that kind of parent that says, oh yeah, we're gonna you know take this <laughs> virtual tour of this museum, right, to kind of see what the Renaissance was like before class. Um, but that's just me. I don't know if, if there's something that y'all have thought of that you wished your kids brought into class before they started. Um, I mean, for me, uh, I, this is probably not a great answer to that question, but. Um, all I want my kids to bring into class is curiosity um, and whatever whatever can because honest curiosity is a greater motivator for learning than anything I know of mm-hmm. and so if if they're just naturally curious and know how to pursue those things you know obviously some kids don't want to be learning they don't want to it's a job for them and that, that's fine we we all have to have a job um <laughs> but uh but yeah so i i think that ties in with what i was saying earlier i mm-hmm. what what is it that that makes you come alive uh, and and i want you to think about that and go pursue that because because i'd much rather have a bunch of alive kids in my classroom than a bunch of dead ones <laughs> <laughs> mr d yeah, that's awesome what and i steve i totally agree because i think you know what and when you mentioned um you mentioned google uh, a few minutes ago and i think one of the things that would be an awesome project in the summer is for is for young people to discover with their parents how do you actually research a topic? Like, mm-hmm. what are the steps you go through? You know, there's Google, right? Well, what do you type in? And how do you ask a question? And, and what's there? And then start looking at what shows up um, and where does it take you? And, you know, you start to develop. It's interesting, yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, you actually look like you can create a blueprint for what it is to do research online, which is really awesome. And if I'm, I'm looking at, you know, like when Steve says having them come in curious, I love that. I, I yeah. really love that. Because one thing I was just thinking like, well, okay, so what would that look like? And, you know, I'm thinking like if somebody is coming into a geometry class or math class and, you know, for me, it's like, wouldn't it be cool if they knew about Pythagoras and who Pythagoras was? Mm. And did. But what it does is it allows for some, sometimes during the year, we don't get the chance to integrate subject areas. And I think in the summertime, one of the things that, that young people could be doing outside of a class is how do you integrate things? So you're looking at Pythagoras. Now you're looking at the history of Greece. You're looking at what Pythagoras mm. did to help build the Parthenon. And, and you can mm. actually virtually tour it, right? Mm, so right. you can build it, you can see it, you can see it online. And it, it may be an opportunity to start to see how subject areas go together. 
And what it does then is like somebody comes into a math class and they're like, oh yeah, it's math. But they're like, wait a minute, that whole thing and how that got built. Maybe they're really interested in history. And they're like, how did that happen? And when did it happen? And what were they thinking? And how did they figure that out? And all of a sudden their curiosity gets piqued because they found something that is important to them and they could see how it might be applied in a particular subject area where they may not normally see that. Right. Well, you know, it's interesting you say that because I think that as an, an adult, in my mind, I think, oh, of course you just Google it. But I have to you know, take myself back that kids really, you do need to kind of guide them through that process, like yeah. you were saying, um, and, and say, hey, this is the kind of words that you may want to type in and then you know, see where it, it leads you. Um, because what I think they're used to, most kids are used to just being on TikTok or uh, YouTube. <laughs> right. It, that actually feeds them information based on an algorithm right, based right. on necessarily Here's them searching, right? Exposure should lead to curiosity. Give your children a sneak peek to what's coming up in the next school year. Let's listen to what these guys had to offer during the summer as well as during the school year. Uh, my, my answer for the summer will be short, which is uh, very little. Um, I, the, only, the only thing I really will be doing over the summer I mean, I'm developing an awful lot, um, developing online AP courses, um, AP review materials uh, for next year and that sort of thing. Um, but I will be publishing videos. Uh, you know, I, my videos over the school year are so tightly tied to the curriculum that I don't have any freedom to um, really move out and uh, dive deep on something. Uh, so. <laughs> So I'll be publishing a series of videos this summer on just on subject matters that interest me. Like I came across a, uh, a story recently about a brown bear, 600 pound brown bear that fought with the Polish army in World War II. Uh, and uh, he, was, he was their mascot. It's, it's a m- magnificent story. And I'm like, you know, if I'm, if that, if I love reading about this so much, other people will too. So, um, so I'm just going to be publishing videos like that, not, not necessarily aligned with the curriculum, but hopefully uh, to trick people into learning some history. Yeah, um, uh, I love but, it. <laughs> yeah, during the year, during the year next year, I'll be publishing videos for the new AP U.S. History curriculum. Now that I've got AP World done, um, and I'm developing AP classes for. Uh, homeschoolers and hopefully uh, the, the the goal is to have that ready for next school year. Um, when will that start? That'll start mm-hmm. in August. August, August 1st. okay. All right. Yep. So, um, so yeah, it's a it's a busy summer for sure, but uh, it's mostly development. Well, in the summertime, um, we actually we created a summer program because our students asked for it, and they said, you know, is there something we can do over the summer? And so we. We do two things. One, we do our full entire course. It's amazing, but we literally triple everything. So we triple the amount of class time. We triple the oh, assignment. Okay. We triple everything. And they do the entire full year course in 11 weeks. And, uh, and it's, it's intense. And I, I often say, because a lot of times people are like, oh my gosh, that must be, you know, how hard is that for young people? And I often link it to like being immersed in a language it's like you are so surrounded by math what we find is that their retention is more 
Uh, mm. They actually hold more and bring more with them when they come back in the, in the fall. Mm-hmm. And for other students, we have a, a readiness class, which is a six week, once a week, it's, uh, just gotcha. an hour, just kind of hang out and, uh, and give them assignments to help them get ready for what they're coming into for the following year. And we have something new this year we're really excited about. So we, um, we have a group that has uh, developed a computer programming class and they they're going to launch their program in the fall but we actually just got as a matter of fact you'll be the first ones to hear this so we just that we just got off uh, a meeting this morning where they have a summer program that's like an enrichment computer programming and so they're going to be discord that i don't really know what that is but uh, so (laughs) saying it like i know but i have no idea right But uh, but so we're going to have a a program for computer programming for students this year. That'll be an online summer resource as well. So what what do y'all plan on doing um, with your kids this summer? Uh, Well, that's a good question. Um, (laughs) Trying to finish up AP season here, uh, and uh, but we. well, I don't know what the what's going on with the national parks, um, but my daughter has a she's going into fourth grade, and so she has the you know fourth grade pass that every kid gets. Um, so I was thinking, gosh, wouldn't it be great to um, tour around at least the eastern coast mm-hmm. um, and go to some national parks? But my 11-year-old will be baking and cooking, mm-hmm. um, and. Uh, and my five-year-old will be learning to ride a bike. Uh, that's as far Aww. as I. That's as far as I <laughs> have gotten so far. We're like, oh. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Well, it, that's funny that you mentioned flamenco. Uh, so my 15-year-old, my son, is a dancer. Oh. So that's why we have that video. So, um, so my my kids are in Spain all year long, and I'm there. Um, usually more than half the year and this year I'm a little um <laughs> I came I came back to the states to get ready for homeschool conventions which aren't happening but I can't go back to Spain right now because there's mm-hmm. travel restrictions right now but my son uh he dances in the uh, in the Royal Ballet of Madrid and he's oh, in wow. a professional training program right now so as a 15 year old he's not on the road yet but he is a flamenco, flamenco dancer and I always say it wrong I say it like the bird and I get yelled at <laughs> And the, the the program that we put together was actually one of his teachers that he had in Valencia, Spain. And so we, oh, wow. you know, so we dub it and it's all translated. It's really, that's actually really, really cool. And so for him this summer, he's actually working on, he, he's been learning uh, flamenco guitar and he's been playing piano for several years. And he's decided that to kind of be a fit for the dancing that he's taken where he's been working with classical piano music he's been taking studying jazz and so he just actually just enrolled in a jazz um a jazz online music course for the summer so he's going to be he's going to be playing music and you know doing what he loves which is awesome wow that is awesome yeah my 13 year old daughter (laughs) she's funny she's um (laughs) she you know she she she's going to be definitely checking out um Steve's uh, TikTok channel for sure, right? (laughs) (laughs) And that's what she wants to do in the future. And so this summer, I'm going to be re-recording some of our pre-algebra and algebra one videos. And she helped me do this last year as a as a job, and she got paid. She was quite excited, so she's going to do that again. And so she's going to be film editing this summer. So she's going to be busy. She's going to be working. But the great thing is that 
what was funny is that as she does the editing, she was sending me questions about something that I might have said. And so it's like she's doing the math and not even realizing that she's doing oh, it. Oh, I love <laughs> it. I love it. You have her doing math. She doesn't even know. I love right, it. Right, Everyone, right. Everyone's Thanks. sneaking right. in a little right. learning. <laughs> All right. Sounds like everyone is sneaking in some learning this summer. Mm-hmm. Please go and check. Please go check their websites out at mrdmath.com and heimlershistory.com. Also check out Mr. Heimler's YouTube channel. Go ahead and sign your kids up for a summer session or readiness class with mrdmath.com. Right, also check out the other courses that are being offered on his website. I think he even has like an elementary programming course coming up. Sounds really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, And although Mr. Heimler thought he had very little to offer his students over the summer, I would say once you check out his YouTube channel, whatever history your high schooler is taking next year, tell them to find their top 10 of Heimler's history videos on that subject. You will find that they will thoroughly enjoy the content and will enter their history class more confident and curious. Yes, hopefully. Yeah, if if you and your kids want to follow Heimler's history, You'll also enjoy some interesting history facts that will no doubt have the Heimler twist on it. You have help, guys. We have help. These are just two resources that we have used over the years, and they've helped us tremendously. So I'm sure they can also help you. Absolutely. And again, a huge, huge, huge thanks to both Mr. D and Mr. Heimler for sharing with us today. It was really encouraging Again, going into this interview, we were more interested in, you know, being hard driving with the kids with academics in the summer. Mm-hmm. And then after the interview, our perspective changed and we got a little bit more balance and, and, and encouraged to include creating curiosity and acknowledging what excites our kids and somehow incorporating that um, with a bit of academics. So let's wrap up with our list of seven. Our list of seven. Number one, schedule some time for electronic-free rest, relaxation, contemplation, and recreation. Yes. (laughs) Do a 24-hour electronic-free challenge. Number two, study your children and see if you can discover what makes their heart beat fast. If you can, incorporate their passion with learning activities this summer. Number three, although summer is not all about academics, still sneak in some learning. Invite your kids into your projects. There are many teachable moments, so take advantage of them while you're cooking, building something, or whatever do-it-yourself project you're, you're involved with in the house, around the house. Number four, expose your kids to new places and concepts. Exposure will lead to curiosity, and curiosity will lead to lifelong learners. Mm -hmm. Number five, search the internet for other online classes and learning resources. Check out TED Talks, Coursera.org, Masterclasses, etc. Many of them will be free or pretty cheap. Number six, don't spend the entire summer on the internet, though. Still encourage the good old-fashioned method of reading an actual book. Turn some pages. Mm -hmm. Reading once a day is a great habit that you can build over the summer. Number seven, find unique ways to show your kids that you do listen to them and you do care. 
We all have a little more time with our kids this summer, so let's take advantage of it. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Please check out again MrDmath.com and Heimler'sHistory.com, and that's Heimler with its H E I M L E R. Mm-hmm. Heimler's history and see what you can take advantage of. Don't forget to email us with your questions at quarantteaching2020 at gmail.com. Q-U-A-R-A-N teaching2020 at gmail.com. And please follow and like our Facebook page at the Homeschool Planning Period. Lastly, check our new website at the homeschoolplanningperiod.com. So this episode is in the books. Yep. Until next planning period. Keep washing your hands with soap and be the teacher you want your child to have.